Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 80. Guess what? It's a great big world out there, and you don't have to be scared. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about a reality check for new or aspiring principals. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check them out at my website at williamdparker.com. If you want to subscribe for weekly updates, I'll send you a free ebook called Eight Hats Essential Rules for School Leaders. Or if you'd like to check out my books, Principal Matters or Messaging Matters, you can do so at my website or at amazon.com. The other night, I was invited to visit a university classroom where 16 educators who are working on graduate degrees in educational leadership were presenting vision and mission statements. And it was such a joy to, to sit through the evening and listen to each of their presentations. And it was obvious that they had strong understandings of the road ahead, both the challenges and the opportunities involved in becoming principals or school leaders. And I was really encouraged and optimistic when I thought about the future of our schools, when I listened to these potential leaders. And at the end of that evening's presentations, I was asked to say a few words. And I have a lot of stories. Um, I, I do a lot of presentations on school leadership, but I decided to share some thoughts that would be specific to this group of individuals in that room. Uh, these were seasoned educators, some of them, getting ready to step into the work of becoming school administrators. Um, some of them were very young into the profession in their first or second year, and others were had been serving for, for many years. But I wanted to um, give them a reality check, as well as give them some encouraging reminders. So I broke the conversation into two parts. First, I talked about five things that I think everyone should know about school leadership. And two, I wanted to give them five reasons why I believe they'll be strong leaders. And so today, if you are someone who is preparing for a new place in school leadership, or maybe you're someone who's been doing this a long time, perhaps these reminders might be good takeaways for you as well. So here they are. Part one, five things that I believe you should know about school leadership. Number one, you will fail. Now, I know this doesn't sound encouraging, but I think it's important to realize that leadership comes with lots of challenges. And I often tell new admins to imagine the most challenging moments from their classroom experiences. You know, that day when you had a major conflict with a student and you go home thinking about it the rest of the evening, you can't get it out of your mind because of how intense it was. Now, I want you to multiply that moment 10 times a day. No, educational leadership isn't that hard every day, but most days involve resolving lots of conflicts and relationships are complex and you're going to encounter more complexities than you did while you were teaching. In the classroom, you get to manage those conflicts in your own room, but as a school leader, you get to manage them school-wide. And so the sooner that you admit that you won't always do it perfectly, the better. But failing doesn't mean that you are a failure. It means that you 
always do the best you have with the information in front of you, the policies you have before you, and the relationships as you see them. And over time, you actually become better, I believe, at resolving conflicts. But if you're committed to constantly growing, then you realize that you never arrive and that no success comes without some failures. So just face it on the front that there will be times that you don't call things right. It's okay. Be courageous. Accept that you won't do things with perfection, which leads to point number two. When you do fail, learn from it and take the next best step. Knowing that you're not always going to be perfect doesn't mean that you're not professional or decisive. If you have good policies and procedures and you work with strong people, you can have a very good structure for managing school just like you manage a great classroom. But when you are making calls, if you realize you've made a wrong call, then take a breath, assess what can be done differently the next time, and then move forward with that new knowledge in hand. Let me give you an example. I remember one time when I was a new administrator, I accused a girl for for theft from a locker. The incident had happened after school in a dark hallway, and she looked like someone that we saw in the sketchy footage of our school camera. But as I probed further, I realized that I had the wrong kid. And eventually we found the right one. But it was, frankly, horrible when I thought about how I made that innocent student feel like a criminal in the process of investigating that situation. I apologized to her. I apologized to her parents. And thankfully, they were understanding and forgiving. But I kept that failure in mind for the next 12 years of school administration that I had when I was dealing with other crazy situations where students were involved in situations where I wasn't 100% sure what had happened. If I had given up working and as a school administrator from that moment, because I had not been perfect, then I would have never kept serving after that first year. So point number two, when you do fail, learn from it and take the next, next best step. Number three, never stop being a learner because you never figure it all out. You know, earning a degree or moving into a new position never means you've arrived at a final destination. And practicing something for 20 years doesn't mean that you know it all either. And so it's okay to admit when you don't know the answers to important questions. And it's even more important to know how to find answers to the questions you have. Just like we want our teachers and students to be lifelong learners, we can't give others the impression that we know it all. And this doesn't mean that you don't demonstrate confidence or assertiveness or take command of situations. It just means that you stay real in the process of leading others. So number three, don't stop being a learner. You never figure it all out. Number four, be fair, be firm, be consistent. You know, as leaders, you are supporting and serving others by creating the best environment possible for students. And although you won't do this perfectly, it's important for you to see that you're demonstrating what you expect others to practice. That means that we have to be willing to confront situations with truthfulness, with openness, with clarity. But we also must consistently implement and enforce what we expect. So you should understand that your students and your teachers deserve the same kind of treatment that you appreciated when you were a student or a teacher. I I once heard someone say, When you are unsure of what to do in a tough situation, ask yourself, what would a great leader do? Then do that. So, number four, 
in your leadership, be fair, be firm, be consistent. That's what people expect, and that's what they need. Number five, treat others with the grace that you didn't deserve. You know, there are two sides to the leadership coin. On the one hand, you're responsible for enforcing the policies and the rules and the expectations of a learning community. But on the other hand, when you have to hold others accountable for not following those expectations, you must exercise that authority with the same courtesy that you would want if the tables were turned. Let me give you another example. One time I had an admin friend tell me that she had had a conversation with a student's mother after I had issued a long-term suspension to that child. And my friend said to me, Will, I wanted you to know that this mom told me she's never been treated with so much dignity. I actually didn't expect that comment, and I was surprised and encouraged because normally I'm used to hearing the complaints that folks have um, with decisions they don't like that I make. But it reminded me that even though some situations don't turn out like we would want them to, we can still do the hard parts of our job, exercising authority or enforcing rules or holding people accountable while giving them the same kind of empathy and support that we would want if we were on the other side of the desk. So point number five, treat others with the grace that you didn't deserve because all of us deserve to be treated with dignity. Now, let me switch gears because after I shared those five thoughts with these aspiring and new leaders, I wanted to give them also five takeaways of encouragement. Because here's what I'm seeing. As I travel around my own state and as I get the opportunity to speak in school settings across the nation, I am so encouraged and optimistic by the people who I'm meeting that lead schools. In fact, I am growing more and more optimistic about the future of our schools because of the people I meet who lead them. And there are five components that I think make up strong leaders. And when I was talking to these aspiring leaders the other night, I saw these five components in them, and I wanted to make sure they knew that. And and I want to encourage you today, too, with these five reasons why I think you are a strong school leader if you're committed to this task. So here they are. Number one, you love students. I believe that only people who are committed to encouraging the best in others need to be in school leadership. And school leaders who thrive are the ones who are not afraid to show that they care. Now, this doesn't mean that you're soft in leadership. What it means is that you are looking for the best in others. So make your decisions with this question in mind. What would I want my own child to experience in this school? You only ask that question if you love students. So number one, you love students. Number two, You're going to be a great leader because you understand the why of your work. When you have a deep sense of your vision for school and you understand your mission to create strong learning environments for entire school communities, then you're serving from a position of strength. And more and more leaders that I'm meeting are showing an understanding of the why of their leadership. You know, so often I have to remind myself not to lead from either a position of fear or a position of pride because we're so often prone to go one direction or the other. Instead, we need to lead from a position of how do we create better environments? Lead from a position, not a fear or of pride, but lead from a position of beauty. How do I create a better, more beautiful, more awesome, more incredible environment for the people around me? So number two, you're going to be a strong leader because you understand the why of your work. 
Number three, you're going to be a great leader because you are a problem solver. You would not be asked to lead if you hadn't already proven your ability to find solutions. And so much of school leadership involves answering questions that may not have been asked before. So it's important that you understand your policies, that you read out, reach out to others for clarification, that you communicate clear direction. These are all a part of being a good decision maker. And even when others disagree with your decisions, it's better to be decisive than to let those around you be confused or unclear on what to expect. So you will be a great school leader because you are a problem solver. Number four, you're going to be a great school leader because you don't rely on yourself for all the answers. No one is a Superman or a Wonder Woman when it comes to school leadership. We must reach out to others for help, and we must surround ourselves with strong team members who help us accomplish the tasks involved in leading schools. So look around you when you have a question. Reach out to others in your field when you have um, something you're facing where you need someone who has more experience. We are always stronger when we refuse to operate in isolation. And last, or number five, I believe that you'll be a strong school leader when you understand that God is ultimately in control of all things. There's a story that I don't like to tell uh, about the death of my oldest brother, but I often tell it because it is a good example of how I came to a deeper understanding of this truth. I grew up in a family with six kids. My parents have 14 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren, and six years ago we were enjoying a family reunion when my oldest brother and my third brother were diving in a nearby lake. And when they were drawing off on their boat ramp after this dive, uh, my oldest brother collapsed. And my third brother had me on the phone telling me what was going on. He was trying CPR. Uh, an ambulance had been dispatched, um, but he didn't make it. And when I arrived at the scene, it was only minutes after the ambulance had been there. And if you've ever lost someone who's close to you, someone you love dearly, you know the the, the, the emotions um, that I was experiencing at that moment. Um, and while I was going through the 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 trauma of that situation, I'll never forget thinking about the fact that in my work as a school principal, and I had been an admin for more than a decade at that point, I realized this was a situation that was completely out of my control. And as I processed that for the months afterwards, I realized that this was kind of a wake-up call for me, not only in my belief in God, but also in the perspective check that it had on all of my life. I realized that much of what happens around us is beyond our control. But how we respond in those moments is often as important as what is happening in those moments. And so to, to apply that to school leadership, let me say this, and I know it's not, it may not be a great example, but what I'm trying to convey is this. We must learn to move forward with an assurance that ultimately, if God is in control, then all we can do is to do our best. And you have to trust him for the outcome. So I believe that ultimately, when we can see our work in that perspective, it gives us faith and it gives us peace. So let me wrap this up. You know, the 16 educators that I spoke with the other night were inspiring. Seasoned teachers, others just starting their educational careers. But whether it was the 50-year-old coach who was standing up talking about his classes and athletes, or whether it was the young elementary teacher who is dreaming of someday um, being the principal of her own building, 
each one of them shared stories of why they're choosing this path of school leadership. They want to make a difference. They want to support teachers. They want to touch the lives of students. And as I sat there and listened to them, I, I realized that the path that they're choosing will be a hard one, but it's also a rewarding one. And that's why I'm so optimistic. Yes, school leadership is messy, but accomplishing something wonderful always is. So this week, let me encourage you and your school leadership to keep these takeaways in mind. Accept that serving others can't be done with perfection. Know that you won't always get it right, but keep moving forward. Know that you can't stop being a lifelong learner. When faced with tough choices, do what great leaders would do. Choose to keep learning from other people. Understand the why of your work. Treat others with the grace and dignity that you would want. Give yourself permission to love your students. Don't fly solo and know that God is ultimately in control of the final outcomes. So now it's your turn. As you look at the landscape before you, whether you are a new or seasoned leader, what is one action that you can take today toward growing in your service to others? Choose one of those takeaways from that conversation and then reflect on how you can grow in that area of leadership too. Well, that's it for this week. I hope that's been helpful. And if it has, let me encourage you to share this post with others who may be encouraged by this conversation today. Also, I just want to say a quick shout out to Solution Tree Press, who sent me this week the first copies of my newest book, Messaging Matters, How to Inspire Teachers, Motivate Students, and Reach Communities. I am thrilled like I've just um, been the parent of a new baby um, to hold that book in my hand. And I just want to encourage you to check it out at solutiontree.com slash messaging if you would like to, to see a copy of it because I want to encourage you in the work that you're doing to continue to communicate about the positives that are happening in your school. Well, I hope this week that you remember that as you serve students and as you serve schools, that what you do matters. And I'll talk to you next week.